Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <laughs> Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho? What is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head, 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. <laughs> he clearly, right? Oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life. Mm-hmm. And you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Hello and welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest. Dwayne England, Tommy Donlan, coming to you from the Fish Hunt Northwest studio located here in Olympia, Washington. Uh, nice to see you again there, Hey, brother. good to see you, buddy. Yeah, uh, boy, I do, don't want to sound repetitive, but man, is this is this fall? Is today's weather like truly fall? I mean, it is. I don't know. It's pretty warm today. The little sun getting yeah. warmer through yeah. the weekend. I mean, we got opening elk here on Saturday for muzzleloader. Yeah, it's right. supposed to be seventy-eight to eighty degrees, depending where you're at. I'm just going, holy smokes! But change is a coming. Yes, it is. <laughs> weather change yes, it isn't is. coming. We talk about weather a lot here, and there's for good reason. So, hey, uh, before we start delving into too much content here this evening, uh, I want to welcome everybody to the show. If it's your first time joining us here on Root Sports, uh, appreciate you checking us out. Take some time, jump over to our webpage, www.fishhuntnw.com. There you're going to find a couple coupon codes to use to your advantage. Edge Rods, FHN20 at checkout. You're going to save 20% on all Edge Rods all the time if they're not already attached to some other reduced pricing or special. Then, of course, at Phelps Game Calls, we teamed up with Phelps Game Calls Fish Hunt NW10 at checkout all game calls through the remainder of the year. And uh, no better time of the year to start really grabbing them if you haven't already. You should have been That's wor- right. having yes. them, working them, practicing, whatever. But uh, yep. we got a lot of hunting coming up. You're going to need those game calls. Check them out at Phelps. Uh, the well, best. Well, you know, and a lot. Of, you know what? Still though, they're still applicable though. Even though you know archery is over, we're going into muzzleloader. Oh yeah. Um, with this warm weather, you know, it can extend that mm-hmm. rut a little bit, a little bit longer. I mean, that's what we saw last year in Idaho for the rifle season. You for, know, second yes. week of October, they were bugling. Yeah, absolutely. And yep. I mean, we got deer hunting. You got yep. buck grunts, that's and right. you know, you got doe doe yep. use, and uh, you know, then we're going to get into waterfowl. Yeah, it'll Get be your here before you know And, it. you know, Phelps has it all. Uh, predator calls, if you're into predator hunting, and you should be, because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the yes. commission's not helping us out, so you might as well hunt That's predators. Right. Uh, you know, get your predator calls. So, lots going on, Tommy. You know, we had the excitement of that rain last week, bumped the rivers up. For me, mm-hmm. personally, it shut down a couple days too early. Uh, Would have liked to see a little bit more rain, mm-hmm. bump them up a little higher, because I got to tell you, Jordan and I hit the ground running October 1st, bank fish, because we knew it was Sunday, opener, 75 degrees, going to be busy water's low and clear and uh, we got into fish we'll talk about a little bit later but boy it was everything you expect an opening day with all those conditions i just said and even more tons of people tons of activity right you know in a handful of fish so yeah but uh they're continuing to drop rivers are going to get in are just going to continue to plummet gin clear cold evenings coming up and um but we got rain coming 
mid-month, yeah. man. It's going to yep. be excellent for both hunting and fishing, time. and we'll be covering that weather stuff again. So elk hunt's coming up for That's you and right. I. That's right. Yeah, huh? you got, you're going to stay local. you got a muzzleloader tag in your pocket. I do. I was lucky enough to get a, a very competitive Idaho uh -huh. uh, rifle tag. I remember so you I'm going to be heading computer. over there for that. <laughs> Battling and, uh, it out, yes. So looking yeah. forward to it, yeah. we got some great uh, opportunity there, and we'll see if we can't uh, create a little content out of that coming up. And if you hadn't heard, hey, uh, Columbia River, they had a meeting the other day, a compact meeting. Chinook fishing just continues, Tommy, staying open through December 31st. Phenomenal. All the way up uh, the upper side of Bonneville and the lower river all the way down to Bowie 10. So you got lots of options out there to go chase Chinook on that Columbia River. They're still coming in. They're still, uh, especially above Bonneville, quality fish up there. Mm -hmm. And the guys are whacking and stacking. So uh, a lot of things going on, man. It's the fall time. Tommy and I, it's our, it's our favorite time of the year. And a lot of you joining us here this evening, I'm glad to see so many of you signing on here. It is a favorite time of year for many who, uh, who you know, truly oh, I've been, cherish I've been the looking forward to this all year long. You and me both. You and me yeah. both. All right, running down the show. we got a lot going on this evening. Uh, Tommy, it's that time of year where we need to get back to the bait lab for why the bait lab was created in the first place, curing actual bait. And we're going to do just that. we got some great coho eggs this evening. I'm going to walk you through a couple processes I use year in and year out. Uh, curing coho eggs with fire cure step-by-step -step for our first uh, segment. And then we're going to take a, take a little break. We'll come back, continuation on the bait lab, curing coho eggs with Baraxo fire, demonstrating and explaining the key differences. So pay attention as to why. Uh, going to then take some time, recap opening weekend. Low clear water, as I mentioned, the crowds and moderate success for many. Uh, Tommy, that has also propelled me into having a discussion with you this evening on river etiquette. Is it forgotten? Has it been passed on? <laughs> I'm mm, questioning if it does really actually exist anymore with what we experienced this last weekend. Uh, then we're going to have a first-time guest to the show. Travis Went with Real Time Fishing. You'll recognize the Real Time Fishing with Toby Wyatt. So Travis Went, one of his uh, key guides, is going to join us this evening. We're going to talk about the history of the Clearwater Steelhead Fishery, why it's happening in October, and then part two with Travis, we're going to actually talk about how to go get them. It's a phenomenal fishery. If you're looking for early steelhead opportunity, Idaho Clearwater is the place to be. Come back and close out the show because we got a lot of things to get through. So don't go anywhere. Going to jump out for a quick break. We come back. We'll be in the bait lab uh, curing coho eggs, part one, right here after this break. Fish on Northwest. Defiance Marine is the one-stop shop for the Pacific Northwest Angler. Defiance Marine guarantees the best price on a new and best service on a repower for your current boat. Defiance Marine is a Honda Premier dealership and one of the largest on the West Coast. Defiance Marine is a boat dealer who proudly sells Defiance, Allied, and Arima boats. All boats are built by West Coast fishermen for West Coast fishermen. Defiance Marine has all your boating needs to help you get out on the water. If you're looking for the best fishing rods in the world, you really do need to take a look at the edge rods. I designed and built new machinery, and I think this new machinery has enabled us to build blanks like no other company can build without this equipment. There is no other rods in the world that are as good as these rods. You owe it to yourself to take a good look at them. Bay Lab presentation is brought to you by, presented by Sport Co. and Outdoor Emporium. Everything, literally everything you see on the table here, you can purchase at Sport Co. or Outdoor Emporium or online. So uh, tonight we're talking about curing some coho eggs because the coho and the Chinook are in the river. Some of the rivers we can retain, <clears throat> excuse me, Chinook, other rivers, a lot of coho to be had. And uh, it's a great time of year 
to be getting, uh, you know, fresh coho, fresh coho eggs. And there's a number of different ways we can go about curing it. I'm going to try to walk you through a couple different options this evening that are going to pay uh, dividends even here in the fall season or as we move forward into spring Chinook season. So, you guys, uh, if you're joining us the first time, you're going to, you know, I'm going to walk you through basically starting from the very start here. So, these eggs were well taken care of. The fish were bled right from the start, so we don't have a lot of blood built up in the eggs here, uh, which is very nice to see. Um, anytime we do have residue or excess blood here in that vein that runs down laterally along the eggs, we want to get that out of there. So you can use scissors, you can use a knife. I've often now, more times than not, I use a knife, and I like to push the blood around until I get it in that, that larger vein right there. Until I get it down here to the very end, I'll pop a little hole, I'm going to use my paper towel and push that blood right into there. We're going to wick that blood on out of there, this skein here. I'm going to push that little bit of extra blood that's still left. Now, if you do not bleed your fish really well, you're going to find a lot of blood left in your eggs. And even really uh, bloody eggs, you can clean them up quite well uh, with paper towels and a flat implement like the blade of a knife or the scissors and you just move that blood along until you push it down to the bottom end and you get it out of there, okay? So these eggs were prepped ahead of time right here. You can see they're laid skin side down, egg side up, and they're butterflied. So for butterflying, all you do is you simply take a skein that is three quarters of the way wrapped with the skin. These eggs are fresh, the fish are fresh, and they have not started to break down yet. So the skeins are pretty tight. We can't get the cure down inside that skein unless we open it up. So we're just gonna take a real sharp knife, or again, you can take your scissors and cut along here. But you know, I just simply take that sharp blade and push it about three quarters of the way through. You open up that skein. I like to throw it egg side down for a minute. You know, you do pop a few of the berries and uh, you're gonna get, uh, get some of that juice there. So go down, cut along and open them up, put them face down, get a little bit of that extra juice out of there. Now, these things are ready to put onto my paper towels. Now I like to work on a puppy pad. These puppy pads work fantastic. They keep your work area nice and clean and um, you're able to move stuff around on here and you're not getting egg care all over everything else, all over your table. But I do put my eggs on a paper towel. So we get the eggs all butterflied out and uh, they're blood free. We are gonna use a sulfite-based cure this evening and uh, we wanna make sure we don't put too much cure on the eggs using sulfite-based because it will over-cure the eggs. It'll actually weaken the membrane and they'll juice out excessively that, uh, you know, way more than you'll want and they may not firm up enough and there's a lot of things that can go wrong with your eggs if you're using too much sulfite cure. So we're gonna sprinkle a little bit on here. And again, I put them on the paper towels for clean work area, okay? Cause you'll see this in a minute. So now we're just gonna start sprinkling a little of this cure on here, a light dusting of this sulfite based cure. And I'm not like piling it on. It takes just a little bit. And I wait and kind of see as I start getting some color change on here, it's starting to absorb this dry powder in to the eggs and the moisture, it actually just, it goes right to it, man. This stuff draws the moisture right to it. And you just want to get a good, good coating, but not real heavy because again, it's a sulfite based cure and we're trying to cure the eggs and not over cure them. Sometimes you'll hear folks refer to it as burning the eggs, which just means you've over cured them, weakened the membranes and they milk out really fast and are not a durable egg. Something else I like to do with this sulfite-based cure at times is I'll take the Potsky's krill powder, the firepower krill powder, and I want to add 
some extra krill to my eggs, this is a great time to do it. I'm not using an oil base because that interrupts the curing process. So I like to use a powder and just put it on there because that too will um, get absorbed into the eggs. It'll, uh, it'll, it'll break down in the liquid. It'll get uh, reabsorbed into the eggs as the eggs draw that cure in. So you can see I got plenty of cure on here. I got my krill powder on here. And now I'm just going to dump these into a plastic bag. I have my bag labeled fire cure and uh, krill. Okay, so we're going to put that in here. Look, I pick these up. I dump them in the into the bag and pretty clean, not all over my hands. It's all in the bag. Now I look at this and I go, well, I want a little bit more on the top here, okay? So I'm just gonna sprinkle a little bit again, not overdoing it, okay? And now we're going to seal this bag up. Now I wanna leave some air in that bag because really what I'm doing now is I gotta work this around. We gotta work these, work this uh, cure into the eggs. Now less is more, sulfide-based cure, less is, is, is more. Uh, and I say that in that, you know, if we feel like we're not taking on good color over time, over the next couple hours, we can always add a little bit more. But once it's in there, you can't get it out of there. So we want to uh, work those eggs around, let them sit, let them start juicing out. They're going to produce a lot of juice. As they produce juice and you come out here every, you know, 20 minutes, half hour and roll these around, you're going to really start seeing that juice mixing up and all the eggs taking on color. And as it creates more and more juice, never ever do not dump that juice out. What you need the eggs to do is completely juice out for the first uh, 12 to 20 hours or so. And as it's sitting in that juice and it builds a lot of juice, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my bag here and we're going we're gonna to assume that this bag is just full of juice now out of these eggs. We want those eggs to reabsorb all that juice. So we're going to roll down all the air out of the bag. We're gonna make it tight, much like this one here, okay? And so as those have juiced out, now we're looking for the eggs to reabsorb all that juice. And really, then after 24 hours in my garage, you can see here that I have really nice plump eggs that started out yesterday. Um, they have reabsorbed 90%. We got a little bit of juice in the bottom, but once they reabsorb all that juice, they get really plump and full of that cure. Those eggs are cured. I can end up putting those in the refrigerator for a couple days and then go fish them. I can uh, put them in the freezer and save them for later. Now something I can also do, if I wanna add tremendous color to these eggs, after about 10 hours or so when I got a lot of juice in there, I can take some of my Potsky's fire dye, the dark red. I can squirt that into the bag. I usually go down one side and down the other and then blow a little air in the bag and I start rolling that around, really mix that dye up that allows me to really get those eggs deep, deep red, okay? So once I get them deep, deep red, and I've added the color that I want, they've reabsorbed the juice, uh, again, those eggs will be ready to fish. Do not dump the juice out when you see all that juice coming out. I'm gonna emphasize that again. Let them reabsorb, let them, let them volumize, let them get dark red. Then after 24 hours or so in the garage temp, you can put them in the fridge or you can then a day later put them in the freezer. So fire cure is pretty straightforward. Sprinkle it on, do it little by little. Don't use too much, don't burn your eggs. It works fantastic. Sulfite based cure. And uh, there's a time and a place. We're gonna jump out for a quick break. We come back, we'll talk about the Baraxel fire cure and why it's so applicable even to, uh, to cure salmon eggs for, for fall salmon. So don't go anywhere. Jump out for a quick break. We'll be right back here in the Bait Lab right after this.
Allied, the new leader in heavy gauge aluminum boats. Allied boats have standard reverse chine and lifting rakes to help you plane faster and run at lower RPMs. Allied boats have several models to choose from, ranging from a 19-foot Mustang all the way up to a 32-foot Liberator. So regardless of what type of heavy gauge aluminum boats you are looking for, Allied Boats will have it for you. Contact Allied Boats today to learn more about these incredible fishing machines. Sportco and Outdoor Emporium is the largest local outfitter in the Northwest since 1975, providing thousands of people affordable outdoor gear. This summer, make your next outdoor adventure more affordable by shopping at our warehouse-style pricing. We are a local Scotty dealer, offering sales, service, and repair. Located in Fife and Seattle, come visit us today. The outdoors await you. Welcome back here in the bait lab. We're going to continue with some egg curing. I got some more coho eggs yesterday. I've gotten the blood out of them. They're butterflied. They're on my paper towels ready to take the cure. Now I talked about sulfite cure in the first segment. Uh, fantastic cure for fall salmon. It's got the sulfites in there. It's got the coloring in there. It's got the bite stimulants. It's, uh, it's a little hotter of a cure. You got to be careful. I like to use it on those, these coho eggs that have a lot of skin on them. Now I have the same eggs here with a lot of skin, but I want to talk about another alternative, especially if you get later in the season, more mature coho and or uh, kings that have looser skeins. And how do I toughen those up, make them durable so they fish well? I rely on the Boraxyl Fire. Boraxyl Fire is a non-sulfite cure, ideally engineered for curing up eggs to fish for steelhead because we steer clear of the sulfites for steelhead. So how do I turn that into a salmon cure? Well, I take a container, I dump it, uh, dump a full container of Boraxyl Fire in here. I add one half cup of white refined sugar. I add a couple tablespoons of my krill powder because I really like a lot of krill. And I add two heaping tablespoons of sodium sulfite. So I am adding a little bit of sodium sulfite to this as a bite stimulant, uh, but it's a lot less than the proportion or ratios that are in, say, fire cure that is a sulfite-based cure, if you follow me on that. So I'm taking this Braxo fire and making it somewhat sulfite-based. And same principles apply and when you mix this together, it's too much to put back into your container. So after you use some, then I would uh, suggest you put it back in the container and put the lid on tight so it doesn't draw in moisture and it's going to last longer. So again, these are, these have been, uh, you know, the blood's out of them. I've butterflied them. Now we're adding the cure. Again, this is Baraxyl Fire. It has a half cup sugar. It has two tablespoons of krill powder. And it has two tablespoons of... Uh, sodium sulfite. So as you can see, they start turning color a little bit. Now I can be a little more lucrative with this because it is Baraxyl Fire, not the, uh, not the stronger sulfite base that you have in Fire Cure. But I'm going to do the same thing. I have a bag ready to go. I have the, the uh, eggs all covered on the one side, skin side down, egg side up. Now we're just going to pick this up. We're going to drop it on in here. Okay, and take a look. I got, yeah, I want to add a little bit more. Good, I can do that. Again, though, if we put in too much, we can't take it out later, right? So we, we do it in slow increments and take a look. Sometimes it's easier, actually, if you even blow a little air into the bag. Gives you a little more room for tumbling them around. Now, this is a gentle tumble. 
just like before. We're not, uh, you don't have to shake them. You know, I used to tell everybody it's not a shake and bake. We're just gonna tumble them around like this. And again, these will start juicing up like the fire cure. So here's the fire cure we did first segment. You can see the juice starting to get in this bag. So that the cure is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. We're starting to get that juice build up and uh, those eggs will continue to juice out until they get to the point of reabsorption. And that's why you want to leave these eggs at room temperature in your garage or whatever, especially this time of year. The small hole in each individual egg uh, leaches out the fluid, mixes with the cure, then it draws it back in, and then that hole seals up. And that's what gives you the volumized plump eggs that you end up fishing. A Couple things to think about, you know, when you're curing sulfite-based cure uh, compared to your Braxel fire. Couple options for you to look at. Um, I, in the fall time, really like using the Braxel fire with uh, the ingredients that I expressed here this evening. It makes a really good egg. It fishes very well in the, uh, the fish absolutely go after them. So hopefully that kind of spells it out a little bit between sulfite based and um, non-sulfite based cures. Some of the options you have. And as we move farther into the season, I'm gonna talk a little bit about adding some homemade powdered cures. Here I have a bunch of dehydrated sardine that we're gonna put into the next round of eggs that we cure next time. All right, we'll jump out for a quick break. Don't go anywhere, we'll be back in studio right after this. Support from Northwest Sportsmen make Federal Ammunition the world's leading ammunition manufacturer. Federal uses the industry's finest materials, giving you reliable ammunition that delivers superb accuracy and optimum performance. Northwest hunters rely on Sportco to provide the best selection and prices in the Northwest since 1985. Sportco and Outdoor Emporium in Fife and Seattle. Your journey begins here. All right, welcome back here in the studio. Uh, hopefully you got something out of that Bay Lab, a little choppy jumping around between the two cures, and uh, I apologize for that. But uh, Tommy, I want to talk a little bit about uh, this past weekend, the opener we experienced on um, October 1st, on Sunday. Yeah. And so we're out there. It's uh, We knew it was going to be busy. Sunday, sunny mm -hmm. weather, river's opener. in pretty good yep. condition. We opted to bank fish just because we knew, again, it was going to be busy, lots of drift boats, and it was. Most of the rivers, I talked to a lot of people and just crowded, tons of pressure. Yep. Uh, and tough fishing in a lot of areas because mm -hmm. the water's so clear and then fish are getting pushed off and just a lot of pressure. So, um, you know, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, the rivers are dropping fast. Uh, it wasn't ideal, but hey, there's fish in the river. It's opener. It's time to go. Yeah. Um, we found uh, we found some some decent numbers. I think Jordan and I hooked ten or eleven, and there's a lot of people fishing that hole. And a couple other fish were hooked. Few few fish were snagged mm -hmm. <laughs> and kept yep. as you know would be the uh, would be the you know typical behavior. You guys with ten foot leaders. Yeah, there's some of that going on. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, we were able to uh, scratch out a few, and we got them on both, you know, jigs and, and eggs and whatnot. So yeah. I guess it was worth definitely worth being out there. Well, yeah, I mean, hook ten fish. That's that's a great day. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. So, so, like, you know, last week we went through all the charts. You showed the data, how to read the data. Mm -hmm. When you looked at the data, you know, you just made the comment like the river dropped faster than I thought it would. Mm -hmm. Can you go back and correlate that to something that you see in the data, or, or why do you think it dropped faster this time? Uh, we didn't have the rain volume that it was projected as far as what the okay. chart said, and then the okay. temperatures got cooler in the evening, and then we just had a faster dropout sooner than what it had okay. indicated. And they have adjustments on the charts, but it's like day by day, and it's like, here's what's projected. Well, here's what it's actually doing. 
Okay. So there is that, but it's already, this is what was projected and that's where it was at. So, I see. But I mean, we did have some success. Matter of fact, Matt put together a little video here of, uh, of uh, Bobber Down, I think. Jordan, go ahead and roll that. That's a fish. That's not a pike now. <laughs> That's at the bottom end of that wood down there. Yeah, that was not a pike now. Feels a little more Chinook, which is interesting because I really set my float up pretty high. I would say the water out in front of me by that wood is maybe seven, eight feet deep. It drops in that deeper hole, but this would have drifted down into there, into that corner, and suspended up quite a bit. Ah, uh, but he grabbed it. Oh my gosh, look at that bugger. Oh, I gotta put some torque to him here. Get out of there. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're gonna bury your head. Uh-huh. There we go. Mm -hmm. oh. Very bright fish. Come on, buddy. <sighs> on a suspended float. It also looks a wild chinook. Better get it. I'm gonna wait till she pulls out of my hand. See her gills working there. Come on. There we go. There we go. What a beautiful creature. All right, a little something to look at there, Tommy. Yeah, beautiful man. You know, one beautiful of the, fish. Yeah, one of the few we caught. I mean, we're in that lower tidal water, so them tide, you know, those tides, those incoming tides will push those nice fresh fish in out of the salt yeah. down there. And um, you have your opportunity at them now, Jordan. And I we got. Coho on eggs, we got coho on uh, twitch and jigs, and yeah. um, not very many other fish were caught in that area, even though there was mm -hmm. a lot of people. Saw one guy get a nice Chinook on uh, eggs that he released, and saw some other folks, uh, you know, again, twitch and jigs is not about snagging fish and leaving with mm -hmm. them. It's like you felt looking fish, you should <laughs> let it go. Um, you may have heard me say in the video there, not a pike minnow or not a bullhead. Yeah, what's uh, that about? Well, so in some of those areas in these lower rivers, especially the tidal water, there are a lot of brown bullhead and yeah. they will peck at your eggs. The pike minnow is just everywhere. They are, are everywhere. They will pick out your eggs like crazy. And your float just sits there and bounces, bounces. It drives you nuts. Now, are they um, more lower river, upper river, all over the place? The pike minnow tend to seem to be at least down more in the tidal water. Okay. Okay. And then okay. the brown bullhead are everywhere. But uh, the, the, the pike minnow peck at it. But a five-inch brown bullhead yep. will drain your one-ounce salmon float <laughs> like a boss. I mean, that thing uh, will flat out disappear. Now, when your float disappears, you don't sit there and think about it, man. You set the hook. Yeah. And it's either... Right now, a Chinook, a Coho, or a brown bullhead. Yeah. So uh, you take your pick, but you're not going to miss out on an opportunity to get a, a nice salmon by going, ah, it's just a bullhead. Right. So that's why I said that float went down. I set the hook. I said, that's not a pike, yeah. or that's not yeah. a bullhead, right? Real so, and set. Yep. Yes, yep. So you got to get it. But uh, yeah, much more of that type of content to come. We're going to be on the water a lot this fall, and we're hoping to bring you guys a lot of good content. 
not just about us catching fish, you know, and putting it to a bed of music, but more so instructional, how to fight fish yep. properly, how to keep them from running down river, how to right. turn a fish's head in current. Mm -hmm. uh, we're looking at how to properly release fish unharmed. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of things we're going to be out getting. We're going to bring that stuff to you. So, beautiful. yeah, it was a beautiful day. We had a great time, didn't we, Jordan? Yes, we did. All right, we'll jump out for a quick break. We come back to the other side of this. A little bit discussion on river etiquette, something we need to revisit. I'm looking forward to this. Don't go anywhere. We'll have river etiquette 101. We come back from this break right here, Fish on Northwest. Hey guys, I'm Big Mike. Come on down to the Edge Pro Shop and see me. We've got all the best brands under one roof. We've got Hawken, Procure, Short Bus, Pro Troll, Yakima Bait, Get Em Dry Jigs, Northwest Bait Scent, Daiwa Reels, North Fork Lures, North Wild, Brad's, Superfly, Rocky Mountain Tackle, and of course, the greatest rods ever built, Edge Rods. All right, welcome back here in studio. Uh, Dwayne and Tommy Donlan, and moving on through the content this evening. Tommy, I thought it would be applicable and appropriate, kind of, well, we're mid-season salmon fishing, you know, kind of the start on some of our local rivers right. in, our, in our coastal rivers. Um, and we, so I think maybe we got to have a little reminder of, of etiquette. Does yeah, it really this, exist this anymore? Right? right. So right. Uh, etiquette, the definition, the customary code of polite behavior, right? In a society or among members of a particular profession or group. There, there we go. Webster dictionary definition. I like it. I just thought I'd pull it out to remind everybody what it stands yeah. for. So there's uh, you know, and we missed our opportunity to talk etiquette with regards to tuna, but you know, there's definitely an opportunity there as well. But I want to know like on rivers, you know, you've been fishing rivers for, I don't know, since you were born. Mm -hmm. Is it, have you seen it get worse over the years? Is it about the same? Is it worse on opening day? What have you seen? Yeah, it's completely worse. It's like uh, people just stopped having that conversation about mm -hmm. if you have a group of folks or even an individual fishing on a, a riverbank, gravel bar or other, mm -hmm. and you approach that individual, it is not okay to simply walk directly below that individual and start casting your line. The fish mm -hmm. are swimming up river. Right. Now, you've just corked that individual off from where they're fishing to where potentially fish are. Mm -hmm. That individual may have started at the top of the drift, and if you know how to fish rivers, you start at the top, work your way down. Yeah. So I'm working my way down through the drift. Now I got somebody or a couple guys to just roll in here and just start, you know, cast. If I'm bobber and egg fish and they start casting jigs and stuff out there, disturbing the water, not acceptable. Yeah. Okay. Also not acceptable uh, to to come right up next to them and, you know, just start fishing in that totally different method. When we have a couple of folks in there bobber and egg fishing and you step in between them or just below them or whatever and start casting a jig or you're above them and you're casting your jig downriver yeah. into their water, unacceptable, yeah. right? So what is the what is the rule? It's like they can fish above you and well, fish as long as you're working down, can they always fish above you or what's how does that so work? So conversation goes a long way. To simply yeah. walk into a place, say, hey. mean mugging, and just yeah. start fishing. Right. Maybe you're mad because there's a group of guys there, and one of them has a camera, and we're filming. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, that did happen. Yeah. So uh, if that ruins your day, hey, we're sorry. But it's not right. like we're telling you where we're at. And we're, I mean, that's a whole different deal. But, yeah, but just to, let's leave the cameras out of it. We're just fishing. Right. And you want to enter into this, uh, this dojo of folks that are fishing. Sure, sure. Conversation goes a long way. Yeah. Like, hey, how are you guys doing? You mind if I fish here? And mind if I go up above you and, you know, start up there? No, go ahead. More times than not, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, mind if I pop down below you? Well, we're kind of working this stretch. So, if, you know, or we're, we're right here on the gravel bar. Yeah, man, if you want to go down there about 25, 30 feet, that'd be fine. Yeah. It's the conversation. Right. Don't just walk in like, 
hey, I just, uh, you know what, I'm fishing, you're fishing, we're just going to start throwing stuff out here. And um, if you are bobber fishing and other mm -hmm. folks are bobber fishing and you understand how the, the bobber flow works, it's like when a guy is letting his bobber go clear down river, it's okay to cast up above them uh -huh. and bring your float down after them because at some point they're going to pendulum and reel on in. Now, if they hook yeah. a fish, you got to figure it out, like how to get your bobber out of there. Right. But I see these guys getting upset because their line is way down there below you and you cast way up river and they look at you like, what are you doing? Well, mm -hmm. I'm not going to wait a half an hour for you to finish your drill. We're bobber fishing. We can right. cover a lot of water. And as long as everybody's paying attention as to when to cast, now if you're drift fishing or otherwise, person down, river cast first, then the next person, then the next person, then the next person. There's, sure. You go in order. You work from down. Yeah, down so you're not crossing upstream, everybody's yeah. line. But when we're yep. float fishing, you have a lot of variance there. You can you mm -hmm. can do that. So, um, What about drift boats? So you get drift boats on the, the river, you're bank fishing, you got some drift boats going by. Yeah. How, how does that whole when dynamic that, work? When, when you have fishermen or ladies out there on the on the bank and you're in a drift boat, you got the whole river to float. Yeah. Right. So when you're floating on by, I always tell folks in my boat, hey, keep the lines in. We don't cast into their water as we yeah. drift on by. We don't float our floats through their water as we drift on by because we have a ton of area to fish. They may have access to very few spots. Uh huh. In most cases, that's the case because of private yeah. lands everywhere. So sure. what if that's your hole, though? What if that's the man, hole that you I really know. want to fish? It's, it's hard to do, but the right thing to do is to let them fish. Or okay. ask, hey, do you mind if we throw in? And if you ask me that, I'm on the bank, I'm going to say, oh, I'd rather you didn't. Yeah, okay. You know, and I especially don't want you to go down below me at the bottom end of my drift and throw in below me and grab fish that are moving up. That's, yeah. not, that's not cool, right? So okay, let, me, let me ask you this question. Okay, so there's, there's a hole. You have a bank area where maybe it's limited access and it's the only spot where these bank fishermen uh, or one of the few spots they get into mm -hmm. that they've been productive. But say you put in the work, you get in your drift boat at 3 a.m., you launch, you go down river, you get to the hole first. You're the, you're the only one there. Um, you anchor up in that hole because that's a honey hole, but it's also one of the few holes the bank fishermen mm -hmm. Get to fish successfully talk about that dynamic. that's a tough call i uh, i tend not to do that because i'm not one of them guys that go down in the dark anymore yeah. i just don't feel the need to go after fish like that but yeah. um there are folks that are going to do that and that's fine they can battle mm -hmm. it out with the bankies when they show up and they're mad and they're yelling at each other i'm yeah. not going to deal with that but you know again you have a lot of other holes on the river i get the honey hole deal maybe you're gonna go down there grab a few fish uh on anchor and then get out of there let the mm -hmm. bankies have it but sure. you know in all these scenarios and all these situations communication yeah, right. Talk about it. Walk in. Hey, how you doing? Hope you get, you know, you guys doing any good? Getting anything? Hey, mind if I go up here? Mind if I go down there? Yeah. Just talk about it. Just don't uh, walk in like you own the place. It seems like more often than not, uh, you know, when trying to share the river and bank fishing, and, and it seems to be malicious and it goes straight to fisticuffs. <laughs> I saw a few videos on Facebook yeah. lately, guys throwing bows, you know. It gets pretty unruly uh, pretty quickly yeah. nowadays. Yeah, so yeah you that's why I fish the ocean. There. That's right. All right. Couple of uh, points to remember and just some uh, things we thought we'd bring up. Gonna jump out for a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We come back. Travis went uh, real time fishing, and we're gonna discuss Clearwater Idaho Steelhead. It's October. It's time to go after them. We'll do that right after this break, right here, Fish on Northwest. If you're looking for the best fishing rods in the world, you really do need to take a look at the edge rods. I designed and built new machinery, and I think this new machinery has enabled us to build blanks like no other company could build without this equipment. There is no other rods in the world that are as good as these rods. You owe it to yourself to take a good look at them. 
New days, new beginnings, new friends, new loves, new dreams, new goals, new scenery, new job. No matter what the next chapter holds, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate will be there to help you find the new that's right for your lifestyle at any stage of your life. Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. Expect better. All right, welcome back here in studio, Dwayne England, Tommy Donnelly, and uh, welcoming our guest this evening, Travis Went of Real Time Fishing. You can get him at uh, www.realtimefishing.com or wenttravis at gmail.com. Uh, glad you could take some time this evening and join us, Travis. Uh, real nice to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dwayne. Absolutely. So, hey, man, it's October, which means it's pretty much go time for steelhead there in Idaho on the Clearwater. Uh, I have fished that historically years past and have always enjoyed it. Uh, cold temps. I mean, it really feels like steelhead fishing when those temperatures drop over there. Um, maybe explain to folks who are unaware why these fish are in the river in October. And we're already talking steelhead fishing. And uh, maybe kind of quickly break down the differences between your recognized A run and B run. Yeah, so uh, in this area, we do get two runs, A run and B run. Uh, the A run generally come in about a month earlier be, uh, before the B runs. Uh, a runs are coming in in September, mid-September. The B runs are just now showing up. The 10-year historic peak of the B run is around the 9th of October. So we're just starting to see those B runs show up here. And uh, they'll trickle into the clear water for the next few weeks. And uh, they'll they'll make their way up the river, up to Orfino, up to Kuski. And uh, we can fish those fish all from now, all winter. They'll kind of hold out in the river for a while. Nice. And Travis, you guys have a rule change that you are looking at now. And it deals with retention versus catch and release. So talk to us a little bit about that rule change. Uh, what are the timelines now for each and why the change? Yeah, so uh, over the last couple of decades, Nesper's tribe has uh, replenished the fall Chinook in the Clearwater drainage uh, to the point now where we can actually harvest those fish. About four or five years ago, NOAA granted the state of Idaho a fisheries permit allowing us to harvest fall Chinook. Uh, this created a little bit of an issue as uh, now we had a, a fall Chinook harvest fishery overlapping a traditional catch and release steelhead fishery that was uh, kind of world renowned uh, to people, uh, especially people that like to bank fish or fly fish. It was kind of their their time that they've uh, come to know to get these fish. So, um, oh, about four years ago, Fishing Game had a test fishery for the fall Chinook. They had it open four days a week, Thursday through Sunday. Uh, during this time, they gathered angler input, and it came to their attention that there might be some conflict between uh, people that were using the river for fall Chinook and people that were using the river for catch and release steelhead. Mm -hmm. uh, in 2020, Fishing Game put together a 13-panel committee to basically come together from all walks of life, uh, and we sat down, and our end goal was to come up with a consensus that worked for everybody. And that's what we did. We met uh, once a month for a year, came up with this new season. So the old season provided catch and release on the Clearwater from July 1st to October 15th. Um, from October 15th to the end of the season was harvest. Now uh, what we have 
is catch and release from July 1st to September 9th. And now we have a harvest season on steelhead from September 10th to October 14th. And then a catch and release season, October 15th to November 9th. Then from November 10th on to the end of the season is harvest uh, again on the steelhead. Mm. What this does is allows harvest uh, for three species all at the same time instead mm. of having catch release and harvest both going on at the same time in the right. same river. So, you got, it sounds uh, like you got about a 21 day period in there where it's catch and release in between the retention opportunities. Uh, was there any gear restrictions added to that as far as a lot of our rivers over here when we have catch and release or you know certain rules apply there is uh there are gear restrictions that are applied to that as well they change any of your regulations as it um, applies to gear restrictions at all there was no gear restrictions on this rule it was just um just more of a uh a seasonal change instead of uh, no, no gear restrictions no bait restrictions okay interesting now when when this change uh kind of went into effect with these new seasons um, was there any concern about, you know, the catch and release mortality rates um, or, you know, the return numbers or did any of that data come into play? Yeah, so uh, for about the first five months of our meetings, Fish and Game piled on a lot of biological data that discussed catch and release mortality, um, run timing, fish movement, stuff like that. And uh, in the state of Idaho, especially the Clearwater drainage, our water temps are cold year round and these fish are big and strong. And, and there's been two studies that have been done, fairly extensive studies that have proven that there is virtually zero catch and release mortality nice. That's uh, awesome. uh, on fish. So Yeah, perfect. Beautiful. All right, uh, we are going to uh, hold you through the break, Travis. Gonna jump out for a quick break. We come back, we wanna tell all the folks turning, tuning in this evening exactly how to go after them. A couple different technique points on how to catch these uh, behemoth hatchery steelhead that you got swimming around there in the clear water. So don't go anywhere. We'll jump out for a quick break. We'll be back right here with Travis Went, real-time fishing. We're going to tell you how to get those monster steelhead there in the Clearwater, Idaho, right after this break, Fish on Northwest. All Defiance boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why all boats are backed with a lifetime warranty. All Defiance boats come standard with large fish boxes that are fully insulated so that you can ice your fish properly all day. All Defiance boats are foam flotation filled and unsinkable for the ultimate in safety while fishing offshore. Before you buy any boat, stop by or call Defiance boats today to ensure you are getting the very best glass boat your money can buy. All right, welcome back here in studio to winning with Tommy Donlin, our guest, Travis Went with Real Time Fishing. Went travis at gmail.com indoor triple w dot realtime fishing.com uh hey travis so we kind of had a great uh history walkthrough with you and you know kind of covered the rule changes and things that are applicable now to that fishery which is quite a change from what you know years past when i was spending time over there let's talk a little bit about how you go after these uh magnificent creatures over there these large you know uh north of 20 pound steelhead from time to time on this on this uh, hatchery program uh, I would assume right now you got low clear water conditions maybe talk a little bit about uh, how you go after them right now and then will that change as we get deeper into the season to start getting rain and that that CFS comes up a bit yeah so right now we do have low clear water uh, this is about the lowest flow we'll see we'll get we'll continue this flow for probably another month or two months depending on moisture but uh, right now the primary thing we're doing is back trolling plugs. Mm. 
Um, you know, you're able to sneak up on the fish a little bit when they get spooky. Um, you know, we provide uh, to our clients, we will fish uh, maglips or Brad's Wigglers. Uh, the three fives generally work best on the clear water. Um, you know, sometimes we'll tip them with shrimp. Maybe we'll rub some uh, fire gel on there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then uh, as the water comes up, generally mid-December, uh, we'll start side drifting and, uh, and we'll start working some of the deeper pockets where the fish are holding up during those winter temperatures. Uh, right now, the water temp's about 52 degrees. Uh, by mid-December, that'll be down to about 30, 38, 37. So mm -hmm. they'll start holding in the deeper pockets, a little slower water uh, where you can get into them with, with side drifting row or beads or or yarnies or even shrimp gotcha hey i've done some side drifting before and it was a gear donation activity it was a, it was a lot of <laughs> you, fun i didn't catch there, anything yeah, on the there is that. So. that is a good point yeah, yeah. I, I just put an order in for about a thousand liters oh, that, that sounds about right yeah yes, yes. that's so, for one day brings or... back good memories yes <laughs> yeah um so yeah. hey travis you know these uh the reason that people come out to see you um, out there on the clear waters because these B-run steelhead are just absolute beast and put up one hell of a fight. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, every time Dwayne says, oh, I got a 20-pounder, I have to get out the lie detector tool, which is <laughs> a.k.a. the scale, yeah, and, and verify yep. reality. And I'm just wondering, you know, what is the actual average size of these fish? And is a 20-pound steelhead really a possibility? How many do you see a year? Yeah, absolutely. They're definitely a possibility. Um, you know, we'll get a couple of them per boat uh, throughout the season. So uh, they're definitely out there. There's quite a few of them. Last season, I knew of um, a couple that were in the 22 to 23 pound range, 24 pounds. So they're there. Um, there's a lot in the 15 to 18 pound range. Um, yesterday, I caught one that was 17 and a half and two 16 pounders. So there, the Clearwater definitely has some tank fish. And over the last three or four seasons, we seem to be seeing those average sizes actually increasing. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. That's really great to hear. Good ocean yeah. conditions, good survivability. Uh, yep. Let's talk a little bit about uh, how many, how many fish are they actually planting? Do you guys, uh, you still get a pretty ample uh, bee run plant that comes out of that hatchery. Is it in excess of a couple million? Yeah, so fishing game, um, I don't know the exact number. I want to say it's somewhere around 5 million steel oh, wow. on small. They're planted into the Clearwater Basin. Yeah. Uh, so, and there's, there's room to grow uh, for that number. And so, uh, but we definitely do plant a lot and we do have a fairly steady return. Um, seems to be getting better and better over the last couple of seasons. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, this season will go for how long and, uh, do you still have, you still got some seats available? People can, uh, book some trips. Yeah, we do, uh, start in mid November. Uh, once that catch and keep season opens back up, we do have uh, quite a few boats. We do run six boats a day, so right. we get lots of availability. And nice. Uh, we'll run these uh, all the way to mid-March before we call it quits. So Fantastic. lots of time to get out there. Yeah, absolutely. And then, Travis, so people come out to see you. Obviously, you take them out, um, you know, put them on a steelhead of a lifetime for a lot of these folks. They're coming mm. from out of state good point. because of how yep. good this run is. Um, sure. what about lodging? So you're with real time fishing can real time fishing yes. your operation. Do they also take care of lodging or how does that work? 
Yeah, so uh, we do actually have our own lodge in Lenore, uh, oh, which see. is between Lewiston and Orfino. So mm-hmm. we do have that option. And then we also do work closely with some of the other hotels in Lewiston and Orfino and, and can definitely help uh, people get that stuff figured out. Perfect. Yeah, and, uh, fantastic. Full service deal there. So awesome. uh, best best way of folks uh, getting a hold of you guys and uh, booking trip. Uh, with you know you or the other guides or within Toby's outfit is www.realtimefishing.com or into or on Facebook look look you guys up and g- gather all yep. your info yeah absolutely yep go to that website uh, you can do your own booking online it's super easy just click the book now button and follow the prompts and you can book it all without even talking to us oh perfect okay well hey man we appreciate you jumping on this evening lots of really good information for folks not aware of what's going on over there in Idaho this coming year and uh Hopefully we steer a few folks your way and they can come and, like Tommy says, enjoy that uh, that steelhead of a lifetime. Yeah. So absolutely. Oh, yeah. So thanks yeah. again, Travis. Have a great night. Yeah, thanks, Travis. Yep. Thank you, guys. You Appreciate it. All righty. Real-time fishing. Check them out. Uh, Facebook, uh, realtimefishing.com. Check them out on the, uh, on the uh, webpage. Book your trip. All right, don't go anywhere. Jump out for a quick break. We come back. Uh, well, Tommy, close out the show. Let's do it. All great. For more than 90 years, you've entrusted one brand to guide you towards living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Now you can entrust affiliated Better Homes and Gardens real estate professionals to interpret your needs and help you find the home in which to live your dream through every stage of your home buying or selling process. And through every stage of your life, there's Better Homes and Gardens real estate. Expect better. All right, welcome back here in studio as we wind down the show. So, Tommy, we were just talking to Travis about steelheading over there in Idaho. That's right. Now, we are very hopeful we're going to get a season here mm-hmm. this year in kind of our backyard here and or what I'm referring to as the Gray Har- Grays Harbor system. Yeah. Um, you know, bo- fishing both north and south coast would be real nice to have that opportunity. And folks need to pay attention to what's going on in that regard. There are scheduled town halls. Uh, steelhead season setting town halls DFW is putting out there for everybody to join in on and I'm thankful in the fact that it's not on Thursday night so mm-hmm. we can zoom in yeah right and, right, right. when attention. is it so the uh, the first one is October 25th at 6 p.m. go to DFW simply Google uh, um, winter 2023-24 steelhead town hall you type mm-hmm. in any of that it pops right up mm-hmm. and um, you can click on to join the Zoom, it will send you an invite to your email. And once you click on that, then you are registered to attend. And then you'll get a mm-hmm. notification that day of the meeting. And then you simply click on that and you're right there. So it couldn't be even, you know, it's so simple. Yeah, right. And even if you are not going to speak, you need to click in there and pay attention to what is being discussed. And if you are, you know, you feel compelled to say something, mm-hmm. then say something because yeah. if they're going to break it all down for us and say, "Hey, we have um, we have confidence in the fact that we can fish these tributaries and go after hatchery steelhead and not have an impact to the wild run on the Shahalas, mm-hmm. which is all truthful, mm-hmm. which is where we should have been the last couple of years, um, and they also have the monies for the creel sampling, right, for which, monitoring, yeah. which kept us off the water last time. That's right. Okay, so they have all these pieces in place. So hey. We should have full an opportunity to go after these steelhead in these tributaries for X, Y, Z number of weeks right. and or a couple months. Don't come to us with, um, well, uh, you can't fish out of your boat. 
Right. It's like, why do you right. give us all this opportunity and say this is what we're going after to remove these hatchery right. steelhead and then try to remove the ability to fish from a floating device? Yeah, right. So uh, I'm going to lean hard on that and make sure that we have not just the opportunity to get out there on these rivers and help remove those hatchery fish, and they'll have creel samplers there to provide the information too, but I want to make sure mm -hmm. that we're able to do that while fishing from our boat. So we don't preclude right. elderly folks that can't walk. That's right. That's right. Handicapped folks, right? Yep. All those yep. things we talked about before. Yep. And doggone, if a guy wants to get out there and drop plugs into a run and run plugs out of your drift boat, you should right. be able to do so. Now, now, how many, do you know, do we know how many town halls there's going to be? Do we know the agenda Two, for the first one? I don't, and I'm going to pay attention to what they put out there and try okay. to put that information out, either via our Facebook page or yeah. here on the show over the next several weeks. But we, but we really want to have some data-driven conversations, we right? We do have, so it's, yes. So when, when people attend these town halls, it's not conducive to get on there and kind of rant, yell, cuss, no, swear, not right? right? You're right. So it's got to be a productive conversation or else the comment will just be not heard at all. Absolutely. So yeah. data-driven, uh, if they give us the data to support the opportunity, then lean heavy on that. Right. And then challenge them as to why we can't. Yeah, and challenge them on some of the budget decisions regarding, oh, we don't have the, mm -hmm. you know, the folks in place yep. to do the krill sampling, yep. things like that. So yep. we'll keep you abreast of what's to come and hope to see a lot of folks tuning in on that and we'll see where we end up. So uh, that is going to do it for us this week here on Fish Hunt Northwest. Uh, got a great weekend to look forward to in the following week. Get out there and get in the woods, get your elk hunt on, get some fishing going. Uh, we will be back next week right here from Fish Hunt Northwest. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish Hunt Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the bait lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, and finally, Go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.